Tom Chick, and you are listening to the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast for Cloud Atlas. I am here this week, as every week, with Christian Mulkowski. It's pronounced Amanuensis. And with a Cloud Atlas tagline, a movie that defies the tagline, Kelly Wand. We're all vaguely connected to the same three or four people over and over throughout all eternity for no particular reason. Can you shorten that, Kelly Wan? Can you make it fit? We're not connected at all. (laughs) (laughs) We're disconnected. Well done. That's Uh, my epiphany. Now, before we get into Cloud Atlas and spoil it, uh, some quick bookkeeping. Uh, Mm. This is the section of the podcast where we correct things we said that were wrong. We've never done done this before. We've we were never wrong before. Well, I've been, I was wrong. Let's see, I have, what is it, three things I was wrong about that I, I want to In a single week? Um, three years of, of those, being No, right. one of them goes back two weeks. Two of them we were do last. This, yeah, we do this quarterly. <sighs> right, exactly. So if you guys have some, something to bring up, do that as well. I first of all want to say I was wrong to blame the people who made Little Miss Sunshine for writing Ruby Sparks. They directed it, but it was written... By Zoe Kazan, who's actually in it. Um, so last week, that was a close one. I've been obsessing yeah, about I, that so much. I'm, well, I'm glad you said that. that. Yeah. Well, Dingus, yeah. you mentioned wasn't it written by a woman, and I said, oh, it was written by the Little Miss Sunshine people. They did direct it, but no, Zoe Kazan, who's the lead in it, she actually wrote it as well. I, I still think it's awful, but I want to give her credit for for writing it. Uh, I also um, mentioned a movie that I found and watched called Without Warning. You guys are jerks for not understanding how awesome it is. It predates Predator, and it's about an alien who comes to Earth and hunts people with face huggers that that you can throw like a Frisbee. You you throw it, and it's fleshy, and it sticks on you, and it it, I don't know whatever it does, but it's painful, and it kills you. Anyway, I I said the the same actor who played the alien in Without Warning also played the alien in Predator a few mm, years cast. And I was right about that. What I was wrong about is uh, Dingus asked, is his name David Prowse? Uh, and I was like, no, no, he has a vaguely African-sounding name. I have no idea where I got that from because his name is, is Kevin Peter Hall. <laughs> That's pretty white. <laughs> That's exactly. That's about as white as it gets. Uh, and finally, uh, I feel bad about spoiling the ending of Taken 2 a couple of weeks ago in just talking about it. Uh, someone called me out for that, and, and upon reflection, I think he was right. I, I have this thing where I feel if a movie is sufficiently bad, You're it's fine. okay to ruin it for other people. Yeah, that's. I agree with that rule. Well... I don't know. Maybe I, I, I do, but I shouldn't impose that on other people. So come on, taken two, really? Uh, I think you can. Well, I don't know. It, it, That's well below the bar of unspoilable because it's so lame. I agree with you, Kelly Wan, but not every. Retract agree with you. your apology on that one. You know what? You're right, Kelly Wan. I retract next week on the errata section. I will retract <laughs> my apology for that. <laughs> uh, all right. So, does either of you have anything that you need to apologize? Yeah, for emendations or yeah, anything, apologies. Uh, where to begin? I'll go after Dingus. <laughs> Dingus, anything? I have no errata. Okay. Uh, Kelly Wand, how are you doing on errata? You good? Um, sorry for that one time I said the uh, stupid thing I was wrong about. 
I, uh, on movie poster business, I was at the theater and I noted that the poster for Anna Karenina, which I want to see because it's the guy who directed Han- uh, Hannah, uh, the poster itself is a spoiler. I don't know. Because it it's her, her name. No, it's, well, if you know the end of the book and you look at the poster, you're like, oh, they totally spoil the ending in the poster. That's like showing a blown up Death Star on a Star Wars poster. Exactly, Kelly Wand. Thank you. Thank you. That's for- why. All right. Also, which Kelly Wand, can I sell you on a road movie in which Seth Rogen and Barbara Streisand go on a long car trip? Fuck yeah. <laughs> well, there's such a thing, it looks like, I think, I, just from the poster, there's a movie called Guilt Trip, and it shows Barbara Streisand and Seth Rogen in a car. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> so, Kelly Wan, your dreams will come true. Are they the only two characters, like, waiting for Godot? Or My Dinner with Andre. It's my road trip with Bob. With and you saw that movie. I Yeah, you're right. Good point. But I, <sighs> We're going to eat dinner and watch that when I come down. Well, uh, maybe that's going to be on the 3x3 <laughs> this cocaine. week. Okay. <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's get to a little Cloud Atlas. Uh, if you haven't seen it, we're not going to spoil it just yet. Wait, 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 wait. You yeah, just yeah, called yeah. it a horror movie, right? My Dinner with Andre, isn't it? Isn't it about cannibalism? Yeah. <laughs> they play six di- – it's about six different dinners and six different timelines. Speaking of different timelines. <laughs> this is the worst thing ever. Okay, yes. Dingus, without spoiling Cloud Atlas, tell folks a little bit about it. All right, this week we saw Cloud Atlas. Uh, a. What? What just happened? Some air came out of Kelly Wand. <laughs> he, okay. He, he, he slightly deflated. Right, I'm point. cool with that. All right, this is a 2012 German cinematic literature movie. Mm. About <laughs> eternal recurrence. Mm. It was written and directed by Tom Burr. And Wait, say that Tom again. Hold on, hold on. I want to make sure to hear this. Say that again. What, what's the German fellow's name, Dingus? Tom Tickber. Man, you're good. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Andy Wachowski and Lana Wachowski, based on the novel by David Mitchell. It stars Duna Bay. <sighs> Too soon. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll, I just want to say, I'll say it stars Duna Bay. <laughs> I can't. Hold on. Let me see if I can find out who else is in this. <laughs> just stop there, Dingus. You've uh, you've sold me. Is there anything else we should know about this movie? Tom is uh, not cheap. No, no. Come on. Shake, 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 shake. It's not I also really like Jim Sturgis. Okay, so Jim Sturgis is in it, too. So Duna Bay... Damn it, I did it again. Start all over. I forgot what right. we were doing. Jim Sturgis, James Darcy, Ben Wishaw, and, uh, and Duna Bay. All right, Cloud Atlas is rated R for violence. What? Language. Sexuality what? slash nudity. Duna Bay. And some drug use. Oh, uh, okay. Kelly Wan, how did you feel about the R rating? Mm, it made me hungry. You know, I I just kept hearing uh, the word ruddy over and over again, and I kept thinking, maybe they're trying to avoid, and then I saw marijuana showing up again and again, and I realized, oh, no. Ah, yes, good point. He's cool, though. I mean, annoying. (laughs) Uh, All right, was that it, Dingus? You normally end with the rating. Did you have more to add to the, uh, the basics that don't involve spoilers? Oh, no, no, that's it. Well, let's see. So Cloud Atlas, uh, 
didn't have a very good opening. It opened yeah. up. It's a $100 million movie. It made $9 million in its first Ugh. weekend. Uh, not only did it make $9 million, it was beaten by movies that have already been out. Uh, Argo finished first this weekend. Good for Argo. Uh, Hotel Transylvania uh, is on the rise. I think it actually is, did better than it did last weekend. Um, and <laughs> it, it's, Word of mouth on Hotel Transylvania is <laughs> through the roof. It's not what you think. Well, Cloud, Atlas, uh, Cloud Atlas was a tough sell, being R-rated. Being a three-hour movie. Uh, also, I mean, I don't. I, I actually meant to watch the trailer for this after seeing it, and I, I didn't. I have no idea how you would make a trailer out of this movie without just confusing the heck out of people. Um, and speaking of confusing the heck out of people, on Metacritic, which averages the rating from reviews that use ratings, Cloud Atlas is Atlas is at fifty-five. On Rotten Tomatoes, which gauges the percentage of reviews that are overall positive. Cloud Atlas is at 62%. Uh, Kelly Wan, what do we learn from these numbers? No one liked it. <laughs> 62% of the people did, Kelly Wan. 62% of the people, when you say Cloud Atlas to them, they will not make that noise that you just made. That's lower than Prometheus. More people like Prometheus than Cloud Atlas, or f- people are fucking idiots. That's my takeaway. Okay. I That's what I see in the numbers. Well, Kelly Wan, I am more interested in what you see in the movie. What would your synopsis be of I, – I, I don't I – don't, what would you even begin to do with this, Kelly? Wong? I know. I'm, I'm serious, Tom. I'm watching it, and I'm thinking, what's Kelly going to say? Yeah. <laughs> what is he going to say? Just, you can just read the script, you know? Uh, this, this movie defies synopsization. Or does it? <laughs> <laughs> Let's find out, shall we? Kelly Wand. Wait, you have to guess what it's called. How we about it? We needed a music cue when he said that. <laughs> we did. Kelly Wand, how about you rock and roll with a cloudopsis? That seems a little too prosaic. Oh, you have to open your paper first. Okay, I wrote so, on my envelope. Nobody knows what that is, this shtick. That, here's my envelope. Good. Uh, hear that? See? Acceptable. And it is the Cloudatlopolis. <clears throat> Zero effort. You would never have written that. That's bullshit. <laughs> Thanks for ruining my only pleasure in life. Uh, Cloud Atlipsis. Atlipsis. Awesome. Rock and roll. Tom Hanks is old and has a scar on his face. He groans, these old bones, and sits down next to a bunch of kids on a beach staring at a pig's head skewered on a stick. He's all, okay, story, story, time, time. The kids and Granny Halle Berry all groan. One kid's all, hey, just for tonight, can you maybe leave out the other five stories and just tell us that one with lasers in it? (laughs) Can I bookmark what you just said and we'll talk about that? Which kid are you? That's my question (laughs) to the audience. Tom Hanks is all, your Granny Granny leaves out the laser lasers way better than me. She's the best thing that ever happened, happened to me, Happle Dapple. <laughs> Wilson, the volleyball's all. <laughs> I know, huh? Anything else good ever happened to you? That's how Wilson would have sounded. Tom Hanks is all. Actually, every time I got to decide anything, like even what to eat for lunch, chunch, a zombie in a top hat shows up and leers at me, me, z, peasy. <laughs> You really like sophisticated stuff. The kid no one likes points at the sky and goes, which one's Earth again? 
Tom Hanks is all the giant blue one that looks nothing like the rest, Scott. That's not funny anymore. <laughs> Sorry. I like Tom Hanks in this scene. The same kids all, what planet are we on again? Tom Hanks goes, fucking Mars, probably, or the sun. Look, when you're the old man, you can make up the rules. The kids all, what rules? Tom Hanks is all, you just don't get it, do you, Scott? The same kids all, oh, so we moved here because there was a nuclear war over cannibalism? Tom Hanks is all, Scott, every war is about cannibalism, metaphorically. The kids all, are we still cannibals? The kids' fabricants all. Are we all your kids? Ew. <laughs> the Hugo Weaving kids all. Is Grandma Halle Berry the Asian chick? The CG kids all. Was the slave on the boat Halle Berry but is a dude? Short rounds all. Did we get fusion power in the 70s and she got the file? Dr. Hanks? <laughs> oh, God. Jane Smith saw, I'm just not going to go away, huh, America? <laughs> it's going better than I thought. The Hugh Grant kids all, how'd the revolutionaries know that Asian chicks number six million three was their John Connor? And what did she do again? Make a self-help video in English? The creepy zombie in a top hat leans down next to Tom Hanks and whispers, kill them, kill them all. The kid raises his hand again. Also, who's that guy? Tom Hanks is all a metaphor. Another kid goes, is he the dude you threw over the balcony when you were a guy, Richie gangster? Tom Hanks is all, did that guy have green skin or a top hat, Carl? No, I didn't think so. Look, you guys want to hear the story or not? One kid's all, is the name Six Smith a metaphor? The fat kid's all, uh, breaking stuff in the china shop in slow motion? Tom Hanks goes, metaphor. The kids <laughs> sigh and groan. One goes, can we go to bed without a story? I just learned how to jerk off. Tom Hanks is all, no. Now, are there any non-metaphorical questions, or do you all want to watch me and Granny fuck again like last night? The kids shudder. One starts sobbing. The lame kid's all, uh, so if every kindness is a plus one and every crime's a minus one, what's your score at now? Tom Hanks is all... All right, let's see. Poisoning Henry Thomas on the boat, smoking weed with Halle Berry, getting blown up. A couple I didn't tell you about. Bonfire of the Vanities, Lady Killers, that thing you do. <laughs> oh, yeah, I saved that Asian replicant with my lasers. The nerdy kid's all, fabricant! Engelberg's all, that wasn't you. That guy was young. Halle Berry goes, and damn, was he cut. Tom Hanks is all, okay, you know what? Just for that, they're all me. And I'm all you little assholes, too, and the song. Suck it. The kids don't say anything. The earth blows up. <laughs> Holy Barry goes, thank God. The top hat guy whispers, tried to tell you. The end. <laughs> what? hours, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> they can just be short little slices of awesome. Kelly Wan, I felt so often while watching this movie that I was listening to a, a Kelly Wan synopsis. Uh, but I, I prefer your synopsis to, to Cloud Atlas. Chronological, they just chopped it up for the movie. <laughs> it's like a shuffled narrative, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, all right. Uh, I wouldn't even. Dingus begin. sounds bummed that it was that short. So I'm, I'm flattered that Dingus made that noise. Oh, really? That's it. Fuck. Dingus, did you feel Kelly Wan missed anything substantial? Is he still? Uh, oh. That's what she said. Mm, no, I will not accept that. Dingus. I didn't think you. I didn't think you would. I was. 
All right, Dingus, get in here. Uh, you just watched Cloud Atlas. Uh, did you take? Yeah. What did you say? Did you take your wife or your son, Dingus, with you to see Cloud Atlas? Or both. No, I took some of my kids' friends, but I didn't take him. <laughs> <laughs> Colin Farrell's. Uh, did you guys have many people walking out, leaving the theater? No, in Canada, no one walked out. Ah. And they laughed like they were super, like trying to get into it and engage, like sold out, like attentive. And I thought, yep, not in America. Wow, so polite. Yeah, no, I had plenty of people strolling out over the course of this. Uh, I kind of missed that too about America. I got to be honest, because it was always fascinating to see what, like, oh, there's the blue dick and Watchmen. Bye, bye, Granny. <laughs> I, I think this was more of an endurance challenge that many people just failed, uh, and they, they weren't they weren't leaving because they were offended by anything. It's you know they they had to go watch tonight's episode of you know Walking Dead, or they had to go get dinner or something, or you know it's just like I got better stuff to do. This so they kind of moseyed out. There didn't seem to be like any intent or indignity about them them leaving. Um, I like that they left to go watch a zombie show in your family. That's the only thing I know of that's on on Sunday nights. I don't know what else they could be going to like Gilmore. Oh, yeah. Not on Friday night. Okay, got it. Uh, all right, Dingus, uh, get in here. Just, uh, you guys didn't like this, right? Were you were you guys just like as as bored and nonplussed as I was by this thing? Uh, I don't read the book. Sorry, Dingus, go ahead. No, go, no, go ahead, Kelly. Well, I was called. I was. Uh, not, I wasn't bored. So, yeah, I kind of liked it then. Ah, interesting. Okay, all right, Dingus, go ahead. Uh, not only did no one walk out of my movie. Um, they clapped at the end, and I was one of those people. I am totally in love with this movie. Do you believe him, Kelly Wand? Yeah. Because I thought about getting on the podcast and saying that to punk you guys, um, but I didn't think you would believe me. I wasn't bored, though, so you definitely liked it less than I did. I'm more right. close to Dingus. I had one guy behind me clap ironically. He was Wait, the during what? Which part? At the end, at the end, you could definitely yeah. tell it was an ironic clap. Well, so Dingus, uh, the slow like Orson Welles kind of clap. No, no, he was just trying to. He, he was sort of like, uh, it was just like a like, oh, that's over, great, oh, wonderful. <laughs> it, it, I mean, that was he wasn't by the end of hour two. He was still like, oh, I can do the bike pickup. Hang in there. <laughs> no, it was right. It was I, during the credits. He he gave it a clap and uh, well, you know what, Dingus, I'm glad to hear you say that. Get in here, explain, give me an, a, a little capsule review of why you loved this thing. You know, I, I, I honestly, I don't know if I can. Uh, yes, I'm, can I'll, I'll try. I will try to. I will try to uh, defend the things that I loved about it as as you, because you were bored by it, and and I just was not. Uh, I was not aware of uh, the lack. length. Okay. I was not aware of the length of it. Uh, I never felt like it lagged at all. I never felt. Uh, I'm just shocked at how well it went together and how it overcame a couple of the things that I think really went against it. Um, I, I, as I as I sat there writing about it this afternoon, I just couldn't figure out how to talk about what I love about it so much. And that's why I use in love rather than just saying love. I'm, I'm just nuts about it. And, and as I was sitting there, I was, taken away by it i i never felt like uh when is this going to end i never felt like it was too long i never felt like it lagged i don't i can't really think of too many things i would cut there's there's a couple things that i'm not crazy about but uh, but on balance i i think they work 
and I'm shocked that, that this movie has 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 touched me the way it it has because it really did. Why do you say shocked? Did you not expect to like it, or do you do when you look back on it? Do, does it seem like the sort of thing you wouldn't normally like? Why do you say shocked? Or, or you're just you're just reacting to how much you do like it? No, I'm shocked because I because as I try to um, to get my notes and ideas together to do to talk to you guys about it, um, it's hard for me to understand how the uh, parts get into a sum. Um, because there, are th- I, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, this, I, as far as I'm concerned, this is a masterwork of editing. The editing in this is phenomenal for me, and I don't know how you graft this together. And and I spent the afternoon writing about it and watching. Like I watched this uh, Toronto Film Festival, this extended um, press conference with the entire cast, and just trying to get an idea of how the heck did you guys get this together? Because I, I have no. Absolutely no uh, experience with the source material, so I don't know. Uh, all I've heard is that this this book should be impossible to adapt. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly, one, can me- you can you real quick, Kelly? One, did you mention something about the book? Do you know it? Uh, I haven't read it. Okay. So, but now I want to, and I feel like it would have helped. Uh, all right, so I, Dingus, but I agree with Dingus off. about the editor. The guy's name is Alexander Berner, and I think the idea, like taking an unfilmable book and making it as cogent as this was, is kind of a master stroke. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wasn't bored by it. It wasn't like anything I had ever seen, so that cuts a lot of mustard with me, Tom. You would mustard's not soft. You wouldn't compare it to like the Fountain or Babel, uh, like, like it reminded me. Part, part of my reservations were the different threads. I didn't understand how they connected. I, as far as I'm concerned, there's some of them that I still don't understand why they're in there. Uh, I didn't understand why they cut at times that they did. I didn't. It wasn't until the end that I could sort of parcel out bits of thematic unity. But it reminded me a lot of a, a larger, and I feel much sloppier version of the Fountain or uh, the the movies that uh, Inaritu has done, which are uh, Amoros Paris, Twenty One Grams, and, and Babel. Uh, specifically, Babel, because Babel, by the time it's over, it, it's not necessarily trying to draw a connection between its different plot threads. Um, but so this reminded me a lot of those. But I feel like those worked much better for me. This. Uh, My question is, uh, in the book, how do you know? certain characters are the same or are they the same like if tom hanks is the poisoning doctor in one but a gangster another like in the book are you supposed to be aware that that's the same guy or was that was that done arbitrarily just with the same actors and that's something else by the way that that really bugged me is i didn't understand why certain actors were certain people you guys know my hang-ups about like the makeup in Looper. I hate when there's just this weird makeup barrier over an actor's face. I hated them making white people Asian, and I hated at the end how freaky uh, that beautiful Korean woman looked when they tried to make her, her white. So that whole character shuffling bit was, was a huge distraction for me. Uh, and yeah, I don't know if that's from the book or not, Kelly Wand. Um, like it seems book, like it would matter if there's any connection between those characters. I'm guessing it was a convention of the movie, but I, I don't know. Dingus, what, what were you going to say? The book, from what I've been able to ascertain, um, he wrote it as, and th- this probably won't be a surprise, he wrote it as a bunch of short stories. I mean, these oh. are, I think he wrote them all separate. Oh. And, and, oh, then, he, and then he sat down and said, and then, and then he sat down and 
decided to cut them together. Ah. Um, and I don't know when that decision was. I don't know if he decided at the beginning of the project, I'm going to write these short stories and make them into a novel, or if he wrote all of this and then put it together. I don't know enough, but I know that they were, they were more short stories that he then cut together into a novel. And as they decided, as the, the three directors, writers decided to make this, uh, they, 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 what they were thinking, uh, if I could speak for them is, is how do, how do we as, as filmmakers do what a reader would do in, in his head, um, which would be to splice these together. So, you know, like, your experience reading the two towers, for instance, which is very much huge chunks that are separate. And, and the movie of the two towers is everything intercut much more fluidly. And I think that they didn't say any of this. I'm just sort of extrapolating. I think what they were trying to do is we love this book so much. Let's try to make the reader's experience mentally um, appear on the screen. Mm-hmm. I I have to say, you guys admire the, the editing. I hated the editing. I, I thought it killed the pacing. It killed any sense of, of urgency from, from uh, thread to thread. Uh, I didn't understand why it was cutting at certain times, why it was juxtaposing certain things. Uh, technically, I can certainly appreciate it. There was so much to juggle here. But from a narrative perspective, I loathed the way this thing was edited. Um. Boy, I really liked it. I, I, I did. Now, when you say you loathed it, mm-hmm. um, and you were bored with it, did you feel like it was dragging, or did you feel like it was just yeah. incomprehensible? Uh, a little of both. I mean, not incomprehensible in the sense that I knew sort of what was going on from scene to scene, but incomprehensible from a sense of why is this story intercut with and juxtaposed to this story? And to hear you mention, Dingus, that he wrote them as short stories and shuffled them together, that shows to me, and I, I think that that it does not work to shuffle them together. Uh, so so it, the incomprehensible part wasn't any given plot line. The incomprehensible part to me is why are these shuffled together? Why yeah. am I watching a 70s thriller, and then literally two minutes later I'm watching some sci-fi movie, and then literally two minutes later I'm watching some sea voyage in the 18th century, and then literally two seconds later I'm, I'm back to the sci-fi movie. That was the incomprehensible part to me. Any given story I I could follow. Um, some of them I liked more than others. Uh, some of them I thought were just flat out ridiculous at, at times. Um, I liked well, what, it. I liked uh, what, the shuffling around. What stories? Sorry, go what ahead. Stories, uh, I'm sorry, Kelly. I, I wonder, I'm really interested to hear what, what stories uh, might have touched or, or might have touched Tom or might have... Uh, stood out for him well none of them touched me i had no resonance with this i mean i really was bored i was shifting in my seat i don't wear a watch but if i did wear one i would have been looking at it um but the the ones that i that i liked in the dark the ones that i hated less than others for instance the future story i kind of like that as a parallel for how to you know a parallel to how a religion starts and the the interrogator is a is a kind of a uh, a saul of tarsus slash paul character and her imparting to him like i like that little beat uh, I didn't feel it was worth sitting through a three-hour movie for it, but when that happened, I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. I appreciate that. Uh, I kind of, I wouldn't say I liked this, but I appreciated his, uh, and I presume this is David Mitchell's, his story about consumerism as cannibalism, you know, the, the idea of cannibalism through the different threads and a, a society eating itself. Um, it's I a metaphor. Kind of, 
It's a metaphor, exactly. But at times it's literal, and it's it actually it's not a metaphor, Kelly. Juan. it is literal. You know, right. it's the whole soil and grain is people thing. I and I hated. I, I don't want to. I want to hear more from you guys about why you like it. But I just one more thing. I hated. I hated how much. Do you know what the term lampshading means? Because that's always a little uh, iffy yeah. for me. It's, I, I, it's the opposite of red herring. No, no, it's yeah, the opposite it, of Chekhov's gun. But, uh, yeah, I don't know that it's necessarily okay. It, it, it's calling attention to something that is implausible or ineffective as a way to gloss over it. Uh, oh, so, uh, so I hated some of the lampshading with stuff like the little kid saying to Halle Berry, if this is a movie, you just did the wrong thing or you're about to get attacked or or uh, just, just calling attention to how it was like, like a rote thriller. Uh, Jim Broadbent doing his little uh, the Soylent Green is People thing, I got, although that was more foreshadowing. Um, I just kind of hated some of the – and I hated the language stuff. I, I don't think I like this writer. I, I think that might be the problem. I don't think that I like the stories. Um, so I'm sorry. I forgot what I was answering. But uh, – because that's why the shuffling helped. Because if you take each story strand, right. uh, it's not that good, is it? Like most of them are kind of con- like predictable. Like what's the future with Tom Hanks and Halle Berry uh, climb up the cliff and then they see the video and then that's it? Well, I imagine it's that, and that again is this idea of religion. You know, you reach out to the stars <laughs> for deliverance. Um, C minus. Well, see, I can kind of appreciate that. It's kind of a, it's a post-apocalyptic story. Um, and they end up at the other planet. You know, they're, they're delivered. I... It's Zardoz, but minus the softcore porn <laughs> that would have made me like it. Well, Dingus, what did you resonate with? What, what, what about rather than me just talking about the things that annoyed me? Because it was full of that stuff, and I'm just going to be a wet blanket here. Uh, what were some of the things that really worked for you? This is going to be really hard for me to talk about. No, Whatever that happened. Because my experience was completely different from Tom's. I, I was sitting there not uh, shuffling my say, not looking at my watch, and I wear one that has the light on it if I want to turn it on. And uh, I got very emotional near the end, and I couldn't really understand why, and I heard other people around me doing the same. And then those people clapping, and there was none of what, what Tom's describing. So it's such a different experience for me. Different audience. It's a different audience. It may just be the where I am emotionally right now. I have no idea, um, but uh, you know, it. I I just I I don't understand. Uh, you know, some some of Tom's objections I I cannot refute. Uh, I don't really understand why uh, Tom Hanks is looking for teeth on the beach and how that how that relates to whatever it relates to later. I don't really understand um, a, a lot of those connections, uh, but, but it just works for me like a piece of music does. And I don't even understand why the piece of music, why it's called cloud Atlas and why that is supposed to be a unifying theme. I don't know if it's things that I don't understand about music, um, but I there are so many things that I just, I lo- I just loved the way these relationships worked. I loved the way Frobisher. Um, oh God, well, I don't. I, I, I is that James Darcy? I can't remember. It's yes, some James Darcy. Yeah. Um, I, I love the way those the, those. I don't know why he does what he does. Why he commits? I guess we can uh, obviously we can do a spoiler. I don't know why he kills himself. Why he does that thing where he's he's watching him and won't make contact with him. And I, I, I don't understand a lot of the. Dingus, why, I can explain that to you. It's because um, 
is because they're gay. What? Yeah, back then that was a didn't go over well. I thought they <laughs> you were mean just, happy. They were cuddling. I think. Wait a minute. Guys cuddle. Um, no, I, I just it, it just it was. I, there are things I don't understand about. It. I feel stupid talking about it right now. I just it just hit me on an emotional level, and I right. and I I love the way it it works together, and I cannot wait to see it again. It, it, wow, you know it's gonna that's, yeah. it's three hours long, Dingus. I don't know if you realized that. Uh, I do. Nice. I, I do realize that. Yes, I do. Realize. You know, it's funny to hear you see that say that, Dingus, because I do think of uh, you know it does remind me a lot of I, I imagine to Tom Tikver and and the Wachowskis. It's probably there, the Fountain. Uh, you know, just as far as uh, let's weave these stories together, let's use the same actors, let's span you know many many years. Uh, it has a lot in common with the Fountain, but what I feel that it's missing, it's not in the Fountain, and it it sounds to me, Ding, it's like you did find this there. But what I feel that's missing from Cloud Atlas is that that strong personal connection. You know, for instance, the the bit with Frobisher and Sixpence, what was it, Six Smith? Um, I I liked that. I liked those two actors. I, I wanted to see them in a yeah. relationship together, and. The movie didn't give me that, by the way. Like I was like, you know what? I want to see these 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 characters are cool. They're dealing with being gay back then. I, I want to see this, and we don't get that. That instead, you know, that that intensely personal connection that you get with Rachel Weisz and Hugh Jackman. There were places where I think we could have gotten that, including that relationship, and we didn't. Instead, we got, and I don't know if you would agree with me on this, Dingus. That weird clunky thing with Tom Hanks and Halle Berry, where they're supposed to be. You know, love at first sight, and this is going over and over again through the ages. I didn't see anything between them. Uh, I just got this sense that I'm looking at Tom Hanks in makeup. I'm looking at Halle Berry. I can't understand Tom Hanks doing this this after the fall argot that they've got. Um, that that personal connection, the opportunities for that personal connection, I felt were squandered in most cases. Um, there were a few places where I got that, but those personal connections drove the fountain. Um, so that's one of the reasons that I was bored is, you know, I, I liked, for instance, the stowaway and is it Jim Sturgis? I keep screwing up this guy's name. Sturgis, right? You're right. Yeah. yeah Sturgis. Yeah. I like the connection there. Guy. And uh, I, I wanted more of that. And instead, I had to sit through Tom Hanks in 70s makeup and Halle Berry driving her VW around and waiting for them to get back to the stowaway and the lawyer on the ship. Uh, so so that, that, that intense personal connection combined with the epic scale of the fountain works for me, but I just didn't find any of those intense personal connections. I didn't find enough of them uh, in Cloud Atlas. I didn't get how that one ended either, the 70s one. They just stopped trying to kill her because she has the file? And then how does that affect the future? I I think they were going for... I I thought we were going to end up with some like nuclear explosion in... Was that San Francisco, I guess? I thought we were going to do something like that, and I think... Maybe the reveal is that they didn't blow up San Francisco. I don't know. I'm not clear on that either, Kelly Wand. Um, Dingus will explain it to us. But Dingus, so so obviously though some of these connections did work for you. I mean, uh, I, I can't imagine you would have liked it without caring enough about the characters and their interaction with each other. Right. And the I forget how you put it when you first mentioned um, the fountain. Because, uh, cause, uh, how do you say it? Babel or babble? Uh Babel. Is it, well, uh, if the word's Babel, two Bs. Would be, it's right. Babel, I think. Yeah. Babel didn't work for me, uh, really. It, it just felt 
I, I just didn't, it didn't work for me. Right. Um, and, but this made me think of it. Uh, the fountain of course is a movie I, I am crazy about. Uh, and what you said at the, at the beginning, the first time you mentioned it, I would agree with, you said it's something like it, it, this being la- larger and sloppier maybe. Okay. I think you said something like that, and I think that's true. I, I, I think that this is a, is a sloppier and even maybe a more sophomoric uh, take on the fountain. Um, and I even thought about the fall a little bit, just because we were going around so many different locations and and dealing with these little uh, layers of character and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think this, this movie uh, rises to either of those two movies. I'm, I adore the fall, and I'm crazy about the fountain. And, it, and you're right, it is not those things. Um, but as I sat there and watched it and, and got reminded of those things, sometimes I'll get annoyed by that. But for, for this movie, I sat there and thought, uh, there's room for this movie. So uh, what's, what's weird for me is Tom Hanks really annoyed the hell out of me for most of this movie. Um, he's, I, I like him in a lot of stuff. Uh, I like his personality. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are some people who shouldn't be be playing uh, period pieces, <laughs> and and him and those silly teeth as the doctor. I just every time he came on screen, except for the very first shot of the movie, and what I'm about to talk about, I was just like, oh, it's Tom Hanks being Tom Hanksy. Stop it!" And I hated that. But that '70s scene you're talking about, where he's on that balcony with Halle Berry and they're sharing a joint, and then he's on the plane and he's saying to himself. Um, I'm in love with her. Is that possible? I just met her. Mm-hmm. It, it, for some reason, I, I was like, this is the first time in this movie that I like, that I'm okay with Tom Hanks being in it. I wish, I kind of wish, and, and, and you had said something about this with, oh God, I think it was Bruce Willis in Moonrise Kingdom. Um, and, and when I was watching this, that echoed for me. And I, and I thought, you know, Tom Hanks is a good actor. I like him in a lot of stuff, but I wish somebody else were in this movie than he is than him uh but the the two guys you're talking about as uh and uh jim sturgis um and even a lot of the stuff holly berry is doing um i just got really drawn in and mostly it's it's duna bay duna bay knocks me out i i don't yeah i don't have much not as much as she knocks me out dingus sorry okay that's fine um (laughs) but she i could just watch her look at the camera for an hour for hours, I, I just can't yeah. believe how much expression she gets across, and how and uh, Tom, you said how annoyed you were with the makeup. I thought the makeup in this was outstanding, and and this is coming off of Kelly Wan made an uh, an uh, he said something about Prometheus, and all I could think about was how awful that old age makeup <laughs> was in the movie, and how good the makeup is in this one because I think it's excellent. Uh, do, were you a little creeped out though by seeing white people made up to look like Asians? Yeah, like, they're supposed to be futury though. Like they've they're 150 years like, ahead so, of us. But the problem is, we're seeing them. We're seeing the the future space Asians as well as actual Asians. Uh, yeah, and you know what? She, maybe maybe you're right, Kelly Wan. Like they they look weird, and she's like as a fabricant, the last remnant of authentic Asian ethnicity. Right. So you know considered low class to them or something. So you might sell me on that, Kelly Wand, but please tell me you were not completely freaked out playing her seeing her play a freckled redhead named Tilda in the eighteenth century. Well, were you were you uh, freaked out by Holly Berry as a Jewish white woman? That was Susan Sarandon. Oh my mistake. <laughs> Wait, when was Halle which character was the Jewish white woman played by Halle Berry? I like russet thatch. 
Tell me why you keep that to yourself. Uh, uh, when, so when when was who was that, Dingus? When she's the uh, oh God, now I can't even remember. When she's um, uh, Jocasta, Jocasta. That was Halle Berry. Yeah, she plays yeah. Jocasta. That's yeah, I, I, mean, I am, I'm freaked out by that. Yeah, I mean, I think they're I think they're doing all of that on purpose, and I think you're supposed to be freaked out a little bit. And I think a little bit of that is Lana Wachowski uh, and and Andy Wachowski working out that identity issue on screen in some ways. And I have no idea if this is part of the novel, but I think a lot of that gender and race blurring is really deliberate. And, and it works, it works for me. It's, it's not distracting in the way that something like Prometheus is. You know, the thing is, that's an excellent point. I'm glad you brought that up. However, I would say if you want to see that point made more poignantly and personally, uh, Lana Wachowski is, has this like half hour acceptance speech for some world rights association that she, where she was given an award. And it's just her up there talking about her gender transition situation, what her, her transgender operation, just her experience with that, listening to her talk for a half hour. A half hour uh, was amazing to me. I loved that. Uh, it, it made me want to like uh, this movie more. It made me want to see Speed Racer, for instance. Um, but I'm glad you you bring that up, Dingus, because that's probably a, a good point. That's obviously something that, that she cares Wait, about. Wait, there's a gender thing in Speed Racer? No, it made me think I, I like this woman. I really like the speech she's giving. I feel for her. You know, there's a lot of heart. It, she gives this very personal speech. And it's not even speech so much as just her talking about her experience. Uh, and just my heart went out to her. And I'm like, I, I want to like the movies that this woman made. I, I want to not hate the Matrix sequels, <laughs> you know, when I heard her speak. Uh, Did you just find that? I haven't heard of that. Yeah, uh, I, I think just just Google uh, Lana Wachowski acceptance speech. Uh, it made the rounds about a week or so ago. You, you can't miss it. Um yeah, and she's she's so she's just very charming and personable. I I have never heard the Wachowskis interviewed. I don't know what they're like. Uh, so it was the first I'd I'd seen either one of them really speak, uh, as far as I can recall. Like I don't I, they don't seem like they're very very, very public directors. Uh, they're very Cohen esque in that way, I guess. Um, well, they're very very guarded about their personal life. Yeah, yeah. and she has um, resisted talking about this at all. Uh, a lot of people have asked her, look, you, you could be a real voice for the LGBT community if you would talk about this, but they are really guarded about their personal life. And this, there's this great and very long Toronto Film Festival panel that I referenced earlier where she refers to Tom Dickford as, as just a total media whore. <laughs> and they all three laugh about this because apparently he will do publicity for anybody. <laughs> And the and the and the two uh, the two siblings won't, um, but she feels like uh, I feel like I I have to talk about this now, and it's difficult for them. They don't want to. Right. And you know it's it's amazing the luxury that is afforded by a successful Matrix movie under your belt. You know they can they can I afford get it. they can afford. Tell you what. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't sound like that. Uh, okay, I want to I want to give you guys two lines. I want you to tell me whether they are awful. Or awesome. You ready for this? I always get those mixed up. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll vote car- carefully, Kelly Wand. Here you go. And I'll weigh in on these as well. What is an ocean but a multitude of drops? Dingus, awful or awesome? Awesome. Kelly Wand, awful or awesome? Uh, ocean of what? Kelly Wand, did you see the movie Cloud Atlas? 
Uh, yes. <laughs> Were you awake when Hugo Weaving finally gets his comeuppance? Off slum. <laughs> All right. I'll be a tiebreaker and say, no, Dingus, you're wrong. That is awful. Yeah, we won. I groaned. I groaned. I so groaned at that line. I was like, oh, please, you did not just – please tell me that's from the book and because then I will never, ever be tempted to read that book. Uh, all right, Dingus, here's your chance. For all the money, here's your chance to win pr- valuable prizes. Here's another line. Awful or awesome, Dingus, you go first. You have to do whatever you can't not do. Dingus, <laughs> Dingus awful or awesome? I'm in the bag for this movie, so yes, awesome, of course. Telewand is you have to do – Whatever you can't not do. It's not awesome. Once again, I'm the tiebreaker. Dingus, you're right. That one was awesome. I loved that line when Halle Berry says that, I think, to uh, 70s Tom Hanks. I was like, you know what? That's a cool line. That's clunky. She pulled it off. It makes no sense, but I like it. (laughs) So, Dingus, you've you've won. Oh, good. Now, how do you feel about all the Solzhenitsyn stuff? Do you love that? Uh, no, because again, I, you know what? I, 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 I revere what that man went through far too much to see him put in a confused movie like this. You know, I, I think if you want to bring Solzhenitsyn to the masses, like the kinds of people who will go see a Tom Hanks movie, do it better. <laughs> who? Wait, who was he? And, and by the way, and don't then bring it all together by, by re- comparing him. You know, I loved, uh, the, the, the fabricant reading about him, uh, but don't then bring it all together by having Jim Broadbent as some author of farce. You know, at that point, he's sitting down, I think, to write his farcical story about being imprisoned in an old folks' home. No, that has nothing to do with Alexander Solzhenitsyn. At that point, you have left behind all claims to reference Solzhenitsyn. I can't even say the guy's name. A.S. I'll just call him A.S. Uh, but I did really like, uh, and you know, I guess it's just because of the actress and that, and it's, it had sci-fi and crazy effects. I, I like this idea that she is a fabricant, and once she can get out in the world and access knowledge and and read different stories, uh, like I liked her discovering things like Solzhenitsyn. Uh, I, I like that too. Plus time. Right. If you bend it, it's funny. Um, I, I like that too, but there is a lot of dime store philosophy in this, and 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 I do feel like that kind of co-opting is a little. Um, it makes me feel a little dirty. Uh, but she, again, you nailed it, Tom. She's so good uh, that when she goes through that process and and says those lines, uh, I really, I'm I'm fine with that. Dingus, it might be time for you to see. This is way too obscure for you, but you might be ready. Uh, there's a, uh, is it Chan Woo Park, the, a Korean movie called The Host? No, no, I think it's it's not Chan Woo Park. I screwed up. It's the other one. Uh, Thirst? Is, no, 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 that's Chan Woo Park, I believe. Uh, Boonja, I, uh, this is, I'm just going to sound, I'm going to sound like an idiot, ugly American if I don't look this up. But Dingus, there's a horror movie called The Host, and uh, she was in that. So you might be ready to you see You didn't it. like that movie. It was okay. I didn't like where it went. I liked how it started. Uh, it becomes this weird allegory about the, the you know, Korean national consciousness as, as far as being a, a country split in half. Uh, it, it goes into some weird, very uh, provincial uh, soul-searching about Korea. Get it? Makes much sense. Kelly Wan, very good. That I don't think makes much sense to Americans. But I like the, very, I like the monster movie parts of You're it. You're so white. I am so white, and she is in it. So you know what? What, what more? That's what more do you need in a movie? Her and a cool, crazy CG monster. Uh, I'm sure we'll get an American remake of that soon, and then we can just watch that one instead. 
Uh, all right, so uh, let's see. Dingus, you normally let's let's go to the segment of the podcast where you talk about whether or not you liked the music. <laughs> oh, how exciting! My favorite segment. <laughs> was that, um, some, go ahead, Dingus. Go ahead. No, what were you going to say? Well, uh, not quite music, but there was a, a sound effect from one of Kelly Wan's favorite movies in Cloud Atlas. Kelly Wan, did you catch it? Mm, the monolith. Exactly. When when you whip a slave in olden days, the people make the sound like the the monolith sound from two thousand and one. Apparently. Yeah, because their the monolith was black too. <laughs> Kelly Wand. Oh. I mean, he he is right, but uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. All right, Kelly Wand. Uh, send all email to kellywand at gmail dot com. They didn't whip the monolith. <laughs> they did not. That we know of. We don't know what those monkeys did with those bones. Uh. Too soon. <laughs> Dingus, uh, how did you feel about the music? Yeah, Dingus, I've been wondering. Um, uh, you know, I, I really, I, uh, I really liked it. I, it's, it's, uh, and I didn't realize this when I was watching it, but apparently, uh, you know, uh, Tom, and I can't remember how to say his name. Chick, C H I C. Tom, Tom Tickfer. Oh, Tick. I'm sorry, Tom Chickfer. Um, <laughs> Uh, Tom Tom Tickfer did the music with. What's uh, a dick fur? Oh, about a pound and a half. Uh, <laughs> so Tom Tickfer was was a he was the music coordinator or something, Dingus, or he composed? No, it? No, no, no. He composed it with. He's done this I, before with uh, with this guy named. Uh, okay, I think it's Climic and Howl or Kilmic and Howl. I can't remember their names. Uh, but they've done music together before, and and he works with them, and. Uh, unlike most movies, they they composed most of the music beforehand, and so they could use the music when they were assembling uh, ah. the movie, mm-hmm. as opposed to the way a lot of movies are. And I love what he said about this. Um, a lot of the movies, a lot of movies are assembled and then they have temp tracks on them. So, uh, so you get a bunch of music from another movie and then, uh, they eventually talk to the composer and say, can you do something like this, but not, not so much that we get sued. And that's why a lot of movie music <laughs> sounds the same. And so they just did all the music first and then they adjusted as they had to later on when they did the final recordings. And he did, he did the composing with these other two fellows and I'm sorry, I don't remember their names. Um, but I, I loved the way the music played throughout and was used in it. And one of the things I was talking to a friend of ours last week, uh, Charles, I was talking about the master and how the master tries to do that and I think fails because it's just trying to crib what uh, P.T. Anderson did in There Will Be Blood. Mm-hmm. And I think that this movie is trying to do that same thing but succeeds. I like the way it's used. I don't understand the whole Cloud Atlas uh, overarching idea. And if there is some sort of music theme going on, I don't get it because I don't know music that well. Um, but I, I did like the music. I really like the scenes of Jim Broadbent uh, working with – who is that actor, Dingus? Do you remember? Do you know his name? Jeremy Davies? No. <laughs> he had a vaguely Jeremy Davies Billy aspect Crudup. to him. No, <laughs> no his, his name is is Ben Wishaw, and I don't know what else he's been in. I I think he might have been in Layer Cake, uh, but but um, but his name is Ben Wishaw. And I, thought, and well, I I he, love the scene of him working with Jim Broadbent. You know, you know, yeah. as far as like putting down music and stuff. Uh, and by the way, if you want to see Jim Broadbent doing something similar, he plays either Gilbert or Sullivan in a Mike Lee movie called Topsy Turvy, which, uh, which I heartily recommend. 
He's the so top Tom, seed one. Did you like the music, Tom? Uh, I did. Um, yeah, 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 I did. Uh, did that song stick in your head like it would have over over multiple lives? Uh, I will. I will remember that when I see the movie again in another lifetime, Kelly Wand, and then I'll I'll get back to you on that. Uh, doesn't that sound tedious? <laughs> Reincarnation? <laughs> yeah, you got to do it all over again. Like, oh god, fuck. Yeah, but you know, like you gotta be hang- dumb again. You hang out with Halle Berry or whatever. Didn't that work for you, Kelly Wand? I guess he gets her every every life. Uh, it doesn't quite blown up half the time. Right? Yeah, 1973. It doesn't quite work out. The uh, one time free love that he could have banged her is the one time it gets blown up, like right after they get baked. Kelly Wand, have you have you been on that date? No. <laughs> well, it's him. Wait. No. Well, I've been on the date. What's the Asian chick's name? Uh, Dingus, you are our, you are a Korean language consultant. What was her name? Dunbu, Dunbu, Dubun. It's Duna Bay. I, I mean, Duna that's Bay. the Americanization of it. How come in science fiction movies, it's always like new some city that we have? Like we are, well, we already have the regular seal. We we need neo seal. Oh, all right. It's like uh, five five uh, phone number, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know it's the future. Yeah, so, Kelly Wan, any movie then set in New York, for instance? New 555. It, it's set in the future. All right. What about New Mexico? Movies in New Mexico, Kelly Wan. Are there always science fiction in the future? Yeah. That's what – yeah, because in the 1800s, <laughs> our present was their science fiction. Kelly Wan, how did you feel about uh, replicants not being called replicants? Actually, so wait, I have a question. Were those things were fabricants yeah. clones or like were, were they like grown in tanks or because she says a couple of things about whether you're grown in a test tube or a womb or whatever? What was the deal with where those things came from? Uh, they're 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 just genomically in, engineered, and I would I I don't think they're clones. I think they're engineered to be service workers, and then they get fed to each other, fed to themselves. I, I don't think that's necessarily explained. By the way, isn't that what causes mad cow disease? There. I'm not going near that one with a 10-foot laser cane. One, two, three, not only you and me. One, I'm caught in between. One, two, three, Peter, one, three, Yes, coming on. It's funny to me to know that you want me to say something dumb and then not say it. Although it's not really It's not fun for me. Tom, uh, yes, any, any character for Kelly Wan to play in Cloud Atlas, who would it be? Oh, you know what? I even wrote in my notes at one point, that's the character Kelly Wan would be, and I don't remember... Oh, you know what? I know. It's when uh, Halle Berry is coming in to cure the girl who stepped on the blowfish, and there's some weird like shaman <laughs> trying to wave her away. That's who Kelly Wan would play. <laughs> I was thinking I like jokes, her, right? but I, I, I like yours better. What were you thinking, Dingus? Who would you cast Kelly Wand as? Nurse Noakes. Oh, yeah, the nurse. Kelly Wand, which one would you rather play? What was the second one? I get the former and the latter. Uh, the, the nurse ratchet alike. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before or after the bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's do a 3x3. Three three. It's Halloween. What do you guys think of this? How do you feel about uh, uh, this 3x3? Three three? I think I did it wrong. Well, that, that's nothing new. <laughs> I was so. super nervous about it at first because I thought I, – I didn't realize you said at least 10 years. So I was trying to peg 
decade. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's not like a it's not like a Tetris puzzle or anything, Dingus. That so was you, the hell rule. You get some wiggle room, yeah. Get it? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there a tre- Tetris piece that wiggled on its way down? I don't think so. What what version of Tetris did you play, Kelly Wong? Oh, <laughs> uh, so this week's 3x3, three three, because it's Halloween, uh, what I want from everyone is a Halloween triple feature. But I'm going to impose a weird rule. Uh, the triple feature, of course, you have to somehow thematically uni- uh, unify or connect the three movies. But the, the rule, the restriction is the movies must be separated by at least 10 years. So you can't have something from 1992 and 1993, for instance. You've got it 10 years between each movie. Uh, so uh, that said, what we'll do is we'll go one at a time uh, and each do all three of your movies, uh, You know what, what relates them. Um, See, I did three groups of threes. Wow, so you've got, you, we have three triple features from you, Kelly Wand. Yeah. Very good. I only did you one. You have to guess what the theme is. If I tell you the titles, you have to guess what the theme was. That's how I thought we were going on. Uh, that'll work. Dingus, did you, did I, was that unclear for you? Did you also do three triple features? No. What? Okay. So Kelly Wan has three triple features for us. So Kelly Wan, why don't you start, or no, no, uh, let's see, Dingus is going next week. So Dingus, you are starting, what is your triple feature for Halloween? The movies must be ten years apart, and you must let us know how they're connected. Well, wait, I'm, we're still doing a three, two, one, right? Uh, I thought we'd because it's a triple feature, just say all three of them. Does that work for you guys? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So you have three of those. So. Yeah. All right. Well, that's we'll we'll. I look forward to hearing yeah. all of them, Kelly Wan, and I'm I'm ready to guess what connects them. So. Uh, so you want me just to tell you uh, my three my my all three of my choices right now and why they're connected? Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear. So Dingus, we're coming over to your house for Halloween. We're gonna have a triple feature. Uh, we're gonna watch the three movies. What will you be showing us? Might want to tell. All right, um, she's not going to wa- want to watch any of these movies. Um, so, uh, the unifying—I I kind of tried to think of a unifying theme besides just being a, a horror movie or a scary movie at Halloween. Mm-hmm. And and for me, it was it was family oriented and in in a house. Uh, so all three of these have some sort of weird family element, and basically. Uh, the family element is contained within a house. So um, my number three movie would would be Night of the Living Dead from 1968. And uh, I didn't see this for the first time until just a few years ago when we went, Tom, to see it at um, at the Hollywood Cemetery, I think. Didn't we see that there? I don't. Did we see that? You know what? That sounds about right. I think we did. Yeah. You're, you're right. That, yeah, we did. That was the first time I saw it. And seeing that little girl uh, go after her mother uh, pretty well freaked me out. So the, fir- the first thing is going to be Night of the Living Dead. And then we're going to follow it with... Uh, the movie that scared me most, and and this is the movie Poltergeist. Um, so first Night of the Living Dead, then Poltergeist. I, I rented Poltergeist when I was in high school. Okay, so Night of the Living Dead is 1968. Poltergeist is 1982. Uh, so at least 10 years. 
Um, thank you, Tom. Just some math. Hold on. Carry the six. Uh, you know what, Dingus? I show those are only three years apart. Oops. Uh, but dog years. I'm going with dog years. Oh, right. Good. Okay. I, mean, I didn't do that part of the division. Good. So uh, I rented this movie for the first time in high school, which was uh, I don't know, probably 84, 85. And I just thought it was going to be a cute Steven Spielberg-y kind of Goonies type of movie. And uh, my, hold my on, parents... Hold on, Dingus. i got to stop you there because you just now were trying to misrepresent yourself as someone who has seen the Goonies. Damn it. <laughs> so I'm going to call you out on that and then let you move on as the other person on this podcast who has never seen the Goonies. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, all right, and, so and probably never will because I believe that window has closed. Yes, I'm with you there, Dingus. All right. All right. So I rented it when my parents mm-hmm. were out of town, and uh, my my uh, my folks' house at that time was in a really dark area with no external lighting and a lot of windows. And it was a dark and stormy night. I don't, I'm not making that up. It was just really raining. It was in Virginia. And I just thought I was going to watch a cute movie called Poltergeist. And <laughs> what an idiot. It scared the shit out of me. Uh, and I was alone in the house. I was a teenager. I was just, it, that movie is really much scarier than I, I couldn't believe how scary it was. I had to keep turning it off. And I'm, I, I've only, recently within the last couple of years thanks to tom started to like watching horror movies and at at that point i wasn't really into scary or scary movies or horror movies and that freaked me out so poltergeist is number two Mm -hmm. and then my uh my number one so wait dingus real uh, quick uh, give us the year and i want to see if i can guess what it is so it's a family in a house uh so if you give us the year i want to see if we can guess it can you do that Sure, I'm, I'm happy to. This is this is an easy one. This is 2007. Oh, uh, and Reynolds Amityville. <laughs> oh my God, he picked the Amityville horror remake with Philip Baker Hall as the, as the priest. Uh, 2007, a family in a house. I don't know, Kelly Wand. What about that one with Lily Sabisky? Glass House. Is that 2007? Well, let, let me help you out, help you guys out. Uh, a couple. As far as I'm concerned, can be a family. Wait a minute, that's Paranormal Activity is not 2007. Oh, hold is on. It? Let me... Wait a minute, hold on. Paranormal Activity is five. Oh, I guess we're on four. Oh, that makes a house sense. and a condo aren't the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dingus. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you're wow. Paranormal Activity is 2007. Is it? I know. Every time we talk about this, I'm surprised because that's uh, that's the first thing we well, talk about. That can't be right. No, because I mean, we saw the- it on the podcast. Was the well, it, it was made in 2007, but it didn't get around to it. It had a weird release schedule. Ah, okay. I, I don't know that we saw it till. So he told us when it was made, not when it was released. So the whole thing was dumb. I just well, told you rate, what IMDb says about it. Yeah, and at any rate, Dingus has gotten his math right because that I show as being 11 years after 1982, according to my math. So Dingus, fair? you're barely under the wire there. Well done. Terrible. Terrible. I was I was very careful. <laughs> so paranormal activity because because uh, I got to see that in a full theater They're very not, early and it, it freaked me out. What'd you say, Kel? <laughs> They're not married. Family is someone like a kid. You really <gasps> oh, like Dingus! That. I think he's right. Aren't they just living together? Oh, yeah. Dingus! Yeah. He's totally dinged you. <laughs> Destroyed. Kelly, what I should point out, though, Dingus is right. This is 2007. There are all kinds of different family units. I think they even have 
and it's like fucking a family member. That's Kelly nice. Wan, they, yeah. they have a room for a baby in the condo. There's a teddy, a giant teddy bear in a room that, that's gonna, that's implying that they're in it for the long haul. They're gonna have a kid. So Kelly Wan, it takes all kinds. It takes a. It's just the bear's room. <laughs> 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 I think it's just. I think I've asked this before on the podcast and don't remember. Does Does Poltergeist hold up? Has anyone seen yeah. it recently? Poltergeist always holds up. You crazy? It's spooky. It's got a lot of good shit. Because it's more. It's 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 not. Uh, it's it's got enough Toby Hooper in it, right? Like there's not. Supposedly he was too tweaked to direct it, so Spielberg had to come in and like. Uh, <laughs> what does What does tweaked mean, Kelly? Wan? like on meth, on crystal meth? Math or something, yeah, that's the room. <laughs> Whatever they did back in 1982. Come on, the melting face guy and the chairs. Yeah. And the and the oh, my God, that chair scene. Yeah, you're right. That is... The, Come on. See, more than, the, more than the clown, more than the melting face, which, you know, you've seen that a million times, that chair scene, awesome. all the goodwill I need to extend to Poltergeist is just remembering Joe Beth Williams in that chair scene. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and the ghost kind of, like, molests her. What? At that one point, doesn't she get thrown onto the ceiling and it's like pulling up her shirt and, and stuff and whatnot? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Well, you know, there's a Barbara Hershey movie called, that. Yeah. called The Entity, where uh, she's haunted by a ghost, and they do this weird special effect no, no, where the it's ghost an entity. It's not a ghost. Well, yeah, but it's a ghost. It's a ghostal entity. Okay, yes, entity. But it's Haunted. clearly got this weird sexual element to it, as as it's molesting her, and they do this special effect where her like bosom, her breasts are being. <laughs> That's your go-to word for booze. Good <laughs> 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 uh, All right, so uh, that's a that's a good. Still horny, like because you go, oh, I can I can relate to the ghosts now, like almost more than Joe Beth Williams. And they get her in the pool too. They get her wet, yep. and then they get her wet. <laughs> all right. I have to say that thing. Sorry. Um, the, the other thing, I, I have a thing about uh, movies that misuse the idea of a kid being in danger. And um, and if, if a movie is just using, it's really hard for me to know where that line is. Mm-hmm. But if it's a it's a good movie that understands how to do that, because one, one of the lines from Poltergeist that I really love is is that, uh, you know, she's just a baby. Uh, help her. Can you I mean that that? idea of of this child being in danger but but it being used properly in a movie and not just for like a cheap thrill right such as in paranormal activity three where katie featherstone abducts a little baby and she's going to go eat it that's the second Uh, as as i've said before um (laughs) my love of paranormal activity means that those other movies simply do not exist uh kelly one did i I don't think I talked about this on podcast, but I told Dingus about it. Uh, in Paranormal Activity four, uh-huh. it turns out she did not eat that baby. Well, yeah, because the kid is like a teenager now, right? So no, no, he's still a little kid. Uh, in Paranormal, so Paranormal Activity four is what happened to him. Uh, in- Doesn't he turn into the Lawnmower Man or something? Wasn't that that picture <laughs> you showed me? Let's go see it. Stop being a bitch. I've already seen it. No, don't go see Paranormal. You Activity. saw it? Yeah, oh, yeah. so okay. And you mm-hmm. mentioned it. Uh, I'm mentioning it now. So I, it, Katie Featherstone huh, did not, when she kidnapped that baby in Paranormal Activity 3, she did not eat that baby. You refuse to. So we, you make us do Seven Psychopaths instead of that movie. 
Never we believe me, we got the better deal. Believe me. Trust me, Kelly One. There's nothing in four. Four, you would have been so completely incensed at them. Oh, I know what you're talking about, the picture. No, the Lawnmower Man picture is just the Connect, the Microsoft Connect throwing out the little infrared sensors in a special camera. When they put a special filter on their camera, you see the little infrared sensors on the little kid's face. But no, he is not Lawnmower Man. <laughs> I like your story better, though, than what it turns out that he is. Um, and Poltergeist. Something to me that was always kind of freaky was that she wasn't eating or sleeping when she was in the TV, when she got kidnapped by the TV people. So that made me think that she was just, like, really going nuts from just being, like, surrounded by static for weeks. Well, no, but time passes differently in Poltergeist land. It probably passed faster when it passed even slower. No, it passed faster. For her, it felt like she was only in there for, like, 15 seconds. Was she only on that one channel, or was she on every channel? (laughs) (laughs) That was before cable. You're right. Uh All right, so uh, Dingus, good, uh, good. Trip. Cable totally changed how they operate, Poltergeist. They have to totally be careful now. Uh, some, by the way, good TV footage in Night of the Living Dead. Uh, I love the little long sequence where they're watching TV, uh, and I love, by the way, the uh, the TV news. God, the kids these days wouldn't understand any of what this is. The TV news stuff with the little crawl on the bottom where they're announcing like where the little refugee centers are. I guess they still have news. What am I thinking? Kids might know that, but I, I, it. in the movies, that's where you get. I love that. That news stuff is perfect. Yeah. In that movie. yeah. Yeah. Nowadays, Dingus, if they were to do that, there would be footage of the zombies like breaking in and eating the newscaster. Uh, so, like all right, howling. Exactly right. Yay! Howling. Very See good. See what I did there? I did. I brought it around. Well, Kelly Wan, give us your uh, your. So you have three triple features for us. Yeah. Give us the movies, and then we will tell you what, what the theme, theme is. is. I'm yes. Very excited about. Here's, this. by the way, my theory, Kelly Wan. You have assembled three sets of three movies with no theme whatsoever, and you're just going to see what we can come up with. No, that'd okay. be funny. That's better than what I actually did. All right. So, what is your first set of three? All right. You want it? I'm going to start you off with an easy one. Okay. And then they get harder. <laughs> I guess that was applied by the first part. But anyway, uh, okay. You Jaws. can start us off with an easy one and they get easier. That's possible. That's what I could have said. <laughs> All right, so Jaws. I heard a Jaws in oh, there. Yeah. Okay, Jaws. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 1950s Invasion of the Body Snatchers mm-hmm. and Armageddon. They're all awesome. Oh, really? Is this how yes. it's they are all awesome. Are you disputing that? All right, I meant to say Jaws 2. First of all, Armageddon is not a horror movie. It's a it's testament. It. No, it's a testament to the resilience of the human spirit, starring Bruce Willis and uh, 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 Ben Affleck. You don't think the, the French saw it as a horror movie when they saw Paris get hit? New York got hit first. And New Yorkers do not see Armageddon as a horror movie. <laughs> so, let's see. <laughs> assuming that I were to believe that they're That's horror movies... True. I agree with that. Let's see. Jaws, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and Armageddon. I don't know. I don't have anything. Dingus, do you have any... Uh, do you have anything? All of them me? have pods in them. Mm. Think of sets of three. That's your That's your big hint. And three people... Yeah, I don't. I'm just, I want to know what the rest of that is. Three people, yes. I was going to say three people save a region from <laughs> from some sort of. Wait a minute. Does that fit any one of those? Well, invasion of the body snatchers. I know there's like two, two. dudes. Yeah, but one of them turns into a pod. They they eventually all get turned into a pod, but one of them. So at some point, there's only three of them. 
In Jaws, yeah. it's Quint Hooper, Rocket, Odeon, and Yeah, okay. Uh, and then in Armageddon, I'm sure there's a scene with just three people in it. You won, you won the argument with the with <laughs> I don't know. And this is his easy one. Uh, Kelly, just, it's just three characters counts as exactly what you're talking about. But anyway, uh, it's uh, animal, vegetable, mineral. See? So in a way, it's not a theme. It's kind of <laughs> I see. What? Animal, vegetable, mineral. Yeah. The, 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 the heroes are threatened by an animal in Jaws, by a vegetable, space pods, an invasion of the body snatchers, and by a mineral, a comet or an asteroid, whatever it is, something the size of Texas, a rock the size of Texas, in Armageddon, animal, vegetable, and mineral. Texasinium is what it's made out of. But again, Armageddon, not a horror film, Kelly Wands. Well, I had to make the... That was the hard one. I had to shoehorn it into your stupid topic. You know what? If you want a mineral horror movie... Uh, oh, you ready for this, Kelly Wand? <laughs> yeah. How, how many times has that been said? If you no, want a mineral horror movie... You guys you guys laugh all you want, but I have the perfect answer. Cause, and you guys saw that, too. Apollo, point. Apollo 18, Kelly Wand. Apollo um, 18. That might have been construed as an animal one, because they're spiders. But they're space rock spiders, Kelly Wand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that band. <laughs> right, Kelly Wand, what, what is your second uh, uh, triple feature when we come over to your house? So we've watched those three. Afterwards, you explain to us it's animal, vegetable, mineral. We're all like, ah, I see. What's in store for us next? All right, so now you kind of know how my mind is working, in quotes. Okay. No one so, can ever know that, Kelly Wand. Uh, okay, Picnic at Hanging Rock. Mm-hmm. A very terrifying film. Uh, Secret Window. And Exorcist Three with George C. Scott. That's not a hint, by the way. That's just a jog, a memory joggler. Picnic at Hanging Rock, Secret Window, and Exorcist Three. I like Tom's trying to figure it out. Dingus just doesn't care. <laughs> so I just don't. I don't understand how every previous three by three you've just just like thrown whatever, and this time you came with nine. <laughs> Tom was like, I'm, get, I'm lobbing you guys a softball, do whatever, and you came up with nine movies with different themes, and I'm trying to diagram a sentence right now. Well, Cloud Atlas made me feel ambitious. It made me no. go, hey, Swachowski's uh, didn't phone it in. Okay, you know what, Kelly Wan? I know what it is. In all three movies, Picnic at Hanging Rock, Secret Window, and Exorcist 3, the characters don't know they're in a movie. Um, did I guess it? Did I get it? Doesn't that apply to every movie? Apparently <laughs> <Really> not. <laughs> not with Alien. They okay? They're all they were all shot on film. Was another one that we could use by your logic, Tom. <laughs> uh, you've seen another one. So for the folks listening who may not realize this, Kelly Wan used that once as a rationale for including Alien and some completely unrelated three by three. Oh, where the audience knows, where the characters know something, the audience doesn't. It, the, it was the three by three. It was like an example where, where Hitchcock has talked about when there's people having a conversation, the audience knows there's a bomb under the table about to go off. There's more suspense there because the audience knows something the character doesn't. Is this Kelly way- Wand, hold on. Kelly Wand then brought up, as an example of that, Alien. <laughs> Because the audience is watching a movie in which the characters don't know they're in a movie. Kelly Wan, in one hundred, as far as I know, was one hundred percent earnest in trying to make that case. Hey, uh, this is your way of admitting defeat that you don't know. <laughs> and, 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 and trying to remind people, uh, he's dumb sometimes, even if he's making me look foolish right now. And B, which is guessing how his mind works on a ton of weed. So, so that was A, and what is B? 
What's the second point? Uh, <laughs> you give that's up. What I, that's what I thought. Uh, let's see. I do give up. I do not know. I'm are, they, for- are they all novels? No. But that's an interesting observation, is my riddle DD hintrific. Yeah, I don't know, Kelly Wand. What is what is the unifying? So we've seen these three movies. I concede that they're all three horror movies. Uh, and then we were done watching them. We're blinking our eyes. Uh, when you turn the lights up, we're like, Kelly Wand, what was the point of those three movies together? And you tell us? Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> Wait a minute. Paper? He's writing a book. He's, an, he's a the writer. Scissors I get, but that's way too obscure. No one else is going to know that. Paper because he's writing a book. All right. Okay. Or Brazil when he gets eaten by all the papers. That's not a horror movie, as opposed to Armageddon. I, I would prefer Evil Dead 2, where there's an evil book for paper. Mm, yeah, but I thought that would have been misleading. I was I actually wanted you to try to get it, and I thought maybe I it's a window. Like, if you think about the most obvious thing from each movie, it's almost gettable. All right, the last one's kind of lame. That's right. It's kind of the least good. <laughs> if you thought those were awful, all right, just slide through it. The Shining, Haunting of Hill House, and P2. <laughs> I'm already embarrassed. What was that last one? P2 is a movie about Wes Bentley stalking someone. He's a security guard stalking someone in a parking garage. Obviously, ah! the level of the parking garage. That's the hint. So let's see. We have a hotel, hmm? a house, and a parking yes. garage. Ah! Oh, yeah, lodging. Yeah, Tom got it. Monopoly. Yep, Monopoly. Dingus' right. gas food lodging was was noble attempt. You could have done something with that. Is but, that uh, Kate's movie? Don't know who's in that. Dingus, that sounds like that's a chick movie. You sounds like you want Kate's. <laughs> no, it's uh, like Daphne Zuniga and Feruza Balk, I think. Mm, you're thinking of the craft. Oh, my mistake. <laughs> All right, Kelly Wan, those were those were clever. Yeah, I like those. By the third one, you, I gave you the easiest one last, so you got one of three. Oh, well, you, you want you want an extra one? Like you for- trained me, like you 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 sort of trained me to understand what you were going for. And by the time you got to the third one, you want one I disqualified because I thought it was too lame for the runners up. I do, I, I do for the runners up. So okay. save that. Uh, by the way, Kelly Wan, what do Cloud Atlas and the Terminator have in common? Uh, they're both based on musicals. Mm, I didn't know there was a Terminator musical. I'll have to see that. Uh, Dingus, can you answer that one? They both have a termination device, and it's just going to have a charge that severs the carotid. The Terminator does? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, my thinking was that uh, a waitress is destined to save the world. Well, ah, and, they, world. and they all, she has they a all the same faces. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, all right, but that's not my three-by-three. Three. My three-by-three three is instead three horror movies that we're going to watch... And then afterwards, I will explain to you. And the thing is, we would watch these horror movies. I wouldn't want to tell you why you're watching these three beforehand, because it's kind of a spoiler. Um, I would rather you not know what makes them qualify for this triple feature before watching them. So I'll tell you what they are. Uh, A lot of these are really old, too. So from 1963, first we're going to watch The Birds. Mm. Then from 1978, we're going to watch a really obscure Australian horror movie written by a guy I've talked about on the podcast before named uh, Everett DeRoche, I think is his name, um, called The Long Weekend. Hmm. Then we're going to watch a 2001 Japanese horror film called Pulse. Oh, Jesus. So <laughs> it's kind of obscure. And part of, part of this is because 
I, I guess The Birds is pretty well known, but I don't watch a lot of older horror films. So to me, all of these are kind of obscure. These are films, movies that people might otherwise not see. Uh, except, I guess, you know what? The Birds is classic. Everybody knows that one, I suppose. Uh, but The Long Weekend and Pulse, I don't think many people know. Um, so that's what we've all watched. And the reason that I want us to watch these as a triple feature, what brings together The Birds, The Long Weekend, and Pulse, is something that I feel that horror movies have gotten away from. They don't do that much anymore. Uh, and that is, in these three movies, nothing is ever explained. You are none the wiser, having seen the movie, about why what you have just seen happen has happened. Uh, there's no scientific explanation in the birds. What happens to the couple in the long weekend? It's not clear. It's not clear what certain scenes mean that you've seen in that movie. In Pulse, Pulse is just this weird, inscrutable story about ghosts and technology. There's never a point where somebody uh, explains why things are happening. Uh, there is one sort of reference to uh, – uh, it's along the lines of the uh, – Dawn of, uh, Dawn of the Dead line where when there's no more room in hell, the dead shall walk the earth. Like, that's the extent of the zombie explanation in that movie. So there's something like that in Pulse. But for the most part, no explanations. You know, I think a poltergeist, we find out, oh, it's an Indian graveyard. You know, the, the house was built on an Indian graveyard. Or in modern horror movies, there's some vague scientific explanation for stuff. Uh, I just Prometheus love explained Alien. Exactly right. We had to go back and get a whole other movie to explain that. Uh, and Alien, by the way, that was you know there was so much like what are these eggs and these pods and why does the company want them? I mean, it's become this. There's a whole mythology about the aliens that we all now know. But imagine what it must have been like watching Alien for the first time with none of this stuff really being explained and having to fill in the blanks with your your imagination. You know, why does the company know about this? What is that space jockey? Uh, you know, what's this life cycle? Where did the eggs come from? Uh, you know, when all that... And unfortunately, was, we got answers. We, sadly. for the most part, yes, unfortunately. Yeah, answers we didn't want. I, I like this choice, this, uh, this theme, because, um, you're, you're sort of, uh, you sort of become my horror movie mentor. And wow. one of the things that you've said is that the more a horror movie explains itself, the worse it becomes. And that's why successively the paranormal activities get so much worse as they go. You know, yeah, uh, there's only that's, one that's of those movies, Tom. Only, there's only oh, one yeah, paranormal right. activity yet. Right, it's exactly. It's like the dog. <laughs> uh, and, and by the way, that's when paranormal activity is good. You know, they even say, they, they sort of lampshade it by saying, oh, this is a demon. It's not a ghost. It has no relation to the human experience. Don't even try to understand it. You know, I like that about the first paranormal activity. Um, now look at it. Now it's which a fucking is, babysitter. Which is why the end of Psycho always... I just... What were you thinking in that last Psycho scene? What the hell were you thinking? You mean with Brilliant. the long explanation? Long yeah. Right, right. Yeah, that's where... Yeah, that you have to play the audience out and explain what they just saw, Dingus. <laughs> Uh, by the way, for these three, it was only after I was thinking of what are horror movies where nothing is explained. They actually there is some thematic unity between the birds, the long weekend, and pulse, and that is that when uh, uh, technology or science or civilization is up against the forces of of nature, is up against the natural order, the natural order will always fuck up technology or civilization. Uh, the natural order, you don't know what it's doing, you can't understand it, and it's always, always, always going to break and defeat everything you do. Wait, what about Terminator and Matrix and those four movies? Like, that's when the tech's beaten us. Natural. You're, you're not allowed just to say a movie and then say horror movie. And, oh. 
Well, Dingus, to Kelly Wan's defense, the characters in uh, Terminator and Matrix don't realize they're in a movie. <laughs> well, they don't know the name of it. They don't know it's just a the or something. They think they're in a romantic comedy. Yeah. Uh, by the way, another one I, I kind of wanted to get in there, although this isn't uh, just as far as like about being the natural order will always kick your ass. Uh, and this explains stuff because there's nothing really to explain. It's just people are dumb. Uh, but a, a, a movie I thought of is Open Water. You know, like Open Water is a really, a pretty dire horror movie. Uh, but there's nothing to be explained there. These people got left behind when the boat left. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Jaws, you don't know why the shark showed up one day. He's hungry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Being a shark. Yeah. Until uh, he gets to uh, Jaws 4 when he's out for revenge. Oh, God, this time it's personal. Yeah. Wait, so all those other sharks just waited and then didn't eat Brody on his way, like when they were swimming back to town at the end of the first movie? They hadn't showed up. Oh, they hadn't shown Kelly Wand, at the end of Jaws, what day is it? Uh, Merkel's Day? <laughs> Do you really not know the answer to that one? Uh, Thursday. Saturday. Sunday. <laughs> all of them. I'm pretty sure you've missed. Doesn't, doesn't, uh... <laughs> Don't they suggest it's Tuesday and then one of them corrects the other and says it's Wednesday? I, I believe it's Wednesday at the end of Jaws. That's Wait, a, that's, why don't, why, I don't remember that. What what's, do they the say? Last, what's the last line of dialogue in Jaws? Uh, they go, hey, it's a long way. Yeah, i got to keep dog paddling. No. Like what no. day is it? It's Tuesday. No, I think it's Wednesday. I'm pretty sure that's the last line of dialogue in Jaws as they're paddling in. So you know they're what? that You should retarded. see that movie sometime, Kelly Wand. I know that Quinn uh, gets killed before uh, <laughs> Hooper gets in the cage. I remember that. So we actually have uh, we have three. This is appropriate. We have three uh, listener submissions for the. Uh, I'm sorry, I've got to type in. Uh, like clack clack. Yeah, don't listen to this. I will edit this part out of the podcast. Mm, that's how much he cares. Are you a hacker, Tom? I'm hacking. No, I type with intensity. They prefer the term cowboy, according to William Gibson. Nathan Whoa, Schubert there. sends in his triple feature, Halloween from 1978, Silence of the Lambs from 1991, and, Kelly Wand, I'll be curious if you think this one qualifies as a horror film, No Country for Old Men from 2007. Mm, 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 it's got some scary parts. Here's where, uh, when he, the reason that Nathan brings these three together, I think he redeems any doubt uh, about why he's chosen it. Uh, he says, quote, all three movies feature characters that embody evil, whether in the form of an almost supernaturally relentless, uh, the almost supernaturally relentless Michael Myers, or the form of the charming and calculating Hannibal Lecter, or the coldly ruthless Anton Chigurh, they are the stuff of nightmares. Was right. Hannibal really evil, though? I thought in the, in the sequel we'd go, oh, yeah, Hannibal's just trying to get laid. He's right. just misunderstood, Kelly. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, Paul Weimer says... Hi, guys. I guess I did misunderstand Kelly's intent on the last 3 by 3 uh, so I should have read that during our uh, errata section of the podcast. Uh, Erotic. Uh, let's see. So anyway, his 3 by 3 for the Halloween triple feature is... Oh, interesting. The Thing from Another World, mm. 1951. The Thing, 1982. And The Thing, 2001. Kelly what? wants... What do you think is the unifying thread for these three movies from Wait, Paul Weimer? The Thing 2001? Yes. There isn't a thing in 2001. Uh, I think this podcast begs to differ, because we saw it. With, 2001. Uh, 2011? 2011. Kelly Wan, that's math. 
I saw a two. Which one did he write? What? 2011. Wait, wait. He wrote, wrote it right. You're right. that dumb. Okay. That dumb. All right, all right. Well, that's why you're in charge of the math, because that's your specialty. Uh, so, okay, what was the question again? The, the unifying theme of those. Well, Paul Weimer says, uh, I think the theme and connections are pretty obvious. Uh, all are based on the John Campbell story, Who Goes There? The Thing from Another World isn't very faithful to the story, but it's worth watching, in my opinion, says Paul. 2001. You're so dumb. Shut up! I saw a two, a zero, and a one, and I had other things I wanted to get on to saying, so I just quickly put them together, and I left a digit out. Sue me. (laughs) You're right. Oh, God. Suing involves more math. I don't know if you want to. Let's talk more about 2001 while we're here. 2001. A lot of bad things happened that year, Tom told me. All right. Scott McNeil writes, uh, this won't be, oh, you know what, I'm very dis... Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this one. Scott McNeil writes, this won't be considered a scary list per se, but its theme is the horror of being mistaken for someone else. And they're all, all, and he says, all in black and white. So here we go. Uh, M from 1931. Uh, Scott writes, criminals decide to mete out vigilante justice on a child murderer who has evaded police. But what if the person they caught didn't do it? Peter Lorre plays the marginalized man pleading for his innocence. Wait, he Uh, did do it, though. Kelly One, can you really ever know who did it? What? Yeah. Uh, All right. Also, Scott's uh, number two movie is Eraserhead, 1977. It wouldn't be Halloween without some David Lynch. This <laughs> film features a man who is mistaken for someone ready for commitment. It draws on the horrors of becoming a new father unexpectedly with some truly amazing special effects. Uh, not an Eraserhead fan. So I'm gonna I'm probably gonna oh. walk out in the middle of Scott McNeil's triple feature. Right, Wait, because like. it's just too uh, tedious for you? Or yeah, Eraserhead is just like early tedious David Lynch. I don't I don't like Eraserhead is just like gross and weird and it's like when you made me watch that early Cronenberg movie, Kelly Wan, with the rape slugs. I forget what that was called. Be more specific. Could be that. <laughs> What was the oh, one? Oh, oh, uh, shivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the yeah. hotel, and it's like run by, by slugs that make you rape people. And I watched that, and my thought the entire time was David Cronenberg is a tool. That's kind of how I feel about watching Eraserhead. I don't care for Eraserhead. Hmm. Tough room. Did he did he choose that for bathtub scenes? What did he do that for? Uh, the slug thing. Yeah, the the rape slugs. I think so. What was Kelly Wan thinking that time? (laughs) Everyone's favorite party game. Uh, And then finally, I kind of like this pick, uh, although, yeah, he's got it right. So Scott McNeil chooses as the final after watching M in Eraserhead. We sit down and we watch, I don't know how to pronounce this, 13 Zaminti, a 2005 movie, uh, which I think translates as 13 Men. It was remade as the American version, which were not... That's not the one he brings up. He's talking about the original 2005 one, and he writes about it. A young, desperate man takes the place of another person to compete for money in a secret competition. The game is Russian roulette, however, and only the last competitor standing gets the prize. So I like that. Scott picked three movies. Uh, the theme is the horror of being mistaken for someone else. Uh, it's like Deer Hunter, but less anti-Deus Ex Machina. Fuck you, Juan. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Juan, what is your... Go it's a good movie. Uh, Tom has chosen it for something else before. It's uh, it's really good, actually. But does not know how to say it, even though he's picked it? I just call it by its American title. Mm, metaphor. Oh. Mm, no, I meant that literally. I, uh, 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 to, okay. Kelly Wan, you had another three-by-three, uh, three, or you had another one, that uh, runner-up, that you wanted to mention. Oh, man, it's kind of weak. 
Well, tell us. Give us a three, and we'll see if we can uh, right. suss out what brings them together. You won't go, oh, oh you should have had that in the three, because that's really good. You'll go, mm, that wasn't even worth this. Uh, the blob, the thing, and fire in the sky. Mm, that wasn't even worth this. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, it's all about aliens coming to Earth. You're, that's half of it. And doing terrible things. No, nope. it's, socially it's, it's that stupid. It's that stupid a link. Blobs come to Earth. Uh, blob, fire in the sky. I don't know. What, I give up. The Without first names. What? They don't have first names. The Blob, the thing. Like that's in their actual name. They just nobody ever calls it. They never name it anything. It's, good. Oh, it's, that so it's, it's not. It's not Michael Blob. <laughs> well, no, that was his father. You were right, Kelly Wan. That my your expected reaction. I would have to that one. Dead on. Well, well done. Well played. Son of the Blob. <laughs> you should have quit while you had a Monopoly board going. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Well, I wanted to. Never mind. It's too. Uh, all right, so there are our, uh, our triple features. Dingus, what three by three will we be doing next week? <laughs> Unless Dingus had any runners ups. No, I, I don't. I, I just came up with my three for my triple feature. That's it. All right, so for next week, um, this was uh, inspired by watching a movie I watched this week called Cloud Atlas. Oh God, have you guys seen this? Oh no, I, I I got a bad feeling about this. Don't have a bad feeling. Uh, I I I realize this is an antiquated um, activity, but I really love uh, writing letters uh, in in and sending them by the actual mail to people. Um, and I have a number of people I do that to. Most of them are my family. Um, some of them are just friends of mine. Some of them are people I know from the forum. That people who are I, sleeping together in the same condo are family too, so you could write them. <laughs> That's a good point. I've even sent you guys pieces of mail. Uh, I, I, I like it. And, uh, with you. So I, I love that. Uh, and there's there's an element of Cloud Atlas that has a uh, there's an importance of letter writing that is in that movie, and um, I love that. Uh, and in fact, there's there's a, even a moment, or maybe a couple of moments where where you just hear the sound of of an old pen on paper, uh, and I just I I like. Watching a character write a letter, and and the, and when a letter is important in the movie, and so uh, I've one, I have one friend, and 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 she's kind of the one who inspired this, and and she's a mutual friend of ours. Um, she uh, contributed to a three by three a few weeks ago, and her name on the forum is, is Fire, um, and uh, I I luckily I found uh, somebody I can write letters to. Uh, on the forum, another person I can write letters to. So uh, Alexander had this idea of uh, movies that have, uh, God, how did you put it? Um, not movies about letter writing, but movie where movies where letter writing is important, or or a scene where letter writing is important. So I want you guys to give me uh, three movies where letters feature prominently. Okay, you've got mail. All right, I've got one. Good. All right, Good. email <laughs> definitely, Tom. Go for email. So, 
And look, I, Tom, I know you understand this because because years ago, and this you 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 actually were were ahead of me on this. Somebody, and I don't know who it was. Somebody gave you a really good pen, yeah. and and you were just you just went on and on about how great this pen was, and I'm just standing there, uh, going, okay, pen, whatever. Uh, and it wasn't for years before I, until I understood, oh. Okay, that's what he was talking about. I don't know who that was. It was um, uh, it was a Lammy. It was a fountain pen, and our friend Brooks, his wife at the time, uh, gave it to me, and I I ended up losing it on the set of West Wing. So. <laughs> oh, Tom. Oh, did you use it in the scene? I did. It, it apparently so. I'm supposed to like raise my hand to ask a question, and I made a point to bring the pen with me and raise it in my hand. So that it was on national TV. My Lammy fountain pen was on national TV, but the price it paid was it was then lost forever because I left it in my costume. And a few days later, when I realized where it was, I tried to reach the costume department, and they were like, eh, "Sorry, we, we don't know what's happened. It was swallowed up on the Warner Brothers lot." Yeah, you so, can still yeah. watch that scene and masturbate to it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pretty hot pen, Kelly Wand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We well, held it. All right, so, yes, so the biggest three by three is top three scenes that you masturbate. Uh, what? <laughs> Does a fax count? No, they have to be actual letters written. Mm. Now, you don't have to see the character writing a letter. Mm. Uh, you can have the character exchange letters or the letter feature prominently. But I just love letters. I love writing them. I love sending them by post. Um, and I love the fact that I have a few people in my life that I can actually send things to and they don't think I'm a freak or just don't ignore it like you guys. Um, and so, no, I don't. Excuse me. Yeah, are we no, supposed me. to actually like write you back a letter? <laughs> you no, 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 I don't. Mean, I didn't. You said I didn't this mean, thing, and then he just turns it into a dig, Tom. Well, well, I, I did not know that it was a passive aggressive guilt trip. No, I, did that come? I didn't. Say, not, I didn't put phrase at the right point. I mean, I mean, I can, <laughs> I can write you guys a postcard, and you guys are appreciative. You. Both of you said, thanks for sending that to me, and I really like that. That's what I meant by that. You told me by email when you could have just... <laughs> no, no, no. Some, some people don't send letters. I totally understand that. That's fine. But but both of you independently said, hey, thanks for sending this. And, and I really, I like that. I like to be able to send people things, and I send, uh, I send things to my relatives and stuff like that. I'm just one of those people. So anyway, uh, uh, movies that feature uh, letter writing and letters. So what about Postcards are fine. I love those. What about a metaphorical postcards from the edge, for example? Like if that. Good. That's your number one. All right, so hold on. You've got Mail, The Lake House, and Romeo and Juliet. All right, I'm set. Done and done. <laughs> uh, join us for that next week, and maybe in the movie we see, uh, it might qualify because we will be seeing a movie directed by Riza, RZA. Dingus, how do you say this fellow's name? Riza, you're right. Oh, okay, I got it right. Uh, the Man with the Iron Fists, we will be seeing that. Join us for that as well. Uh, and maybe Kelly Wand will go see Flight, in which Denzel Washington plays uh, a pilot. And Kelly Wand, you can let us know how that, that is, okay? Mm. <laughs> can, can you use some recon for us? I took the bullet for Paranormal Activity 4. Dingus saw Men in Black 3. Kelly Wand, we need you to go check out Flight with Denzel Washington. Flight 1, in case there's a sequel. Called right. flights, yep. where he flies again. <laughs> How could uh, the same pilot have the same situation six times, like by the fifth? Right. So uh, join us for uh, Man with the Iron Fists and Kelly Wan's special flight report. Uh, I liked how bored you sounded. So, uh, yeah. And then, well, that flight is the one I mentioned to you guys, where I thought Denzel Washington plays a Nazi, 
because I just saw the poster from a distance, and he's wearing like a hat with an eagle on it. And I was like, Oh, that's what you were talking about? Yeah, yeah. He's not a Nazi. He's an airline pilot. Oh my god. See, that's so. Du- oh wait, you thought flight was like uh, like a Nazi term, like the werewolf? Like they? No, fly- I didn't see the word flight. I just saw a poster with Denzel Washington wearing what look. I, you know, I, I didn't have my glasses on. It was across the theater. He's wearing a hat with an eagle on it. I'm like, oh, he's dressed oh, up he's as a Nazi. <laughs> He is black, so it would make sense, right? Could, I don't, maybe it's like a subversive thing, like an alternate history thing, like Inglorious Bastards. Who knows what kinds of movies people are going to make these days? Kelly Is there Long? an exploding jet in the background? And you went, oh, it's like that thing from the famous war scene. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Evil Osprey. <laughs> we'll pursue that that uh, line of questioning uh, next week. Uh, when we discuss Man with the Iron Fists in our three by three of letters and scenes about letter letters, just letters. I, I like where that goes. Uh, join us then. My name is Tom Chick. I have been joined this week by Christian Molsowski. It's Christian Morosky. And Kelly Wand. Does a hologram coming out of a droid count as a letter? I still You're a hologram coming out of a droid. Oh, snap. Did anyone ever find a message in a bottle historically that they stun Kevin Costner did? I thought he sent it in Waterworld. Kelly Wan, do you have a Canadian? What's going on in Canada these days, Kelly Wan? There was an earthquake. That makes for quite a can antidote. Yeah, I didn't feel it. I thought it was just uh, sex I was having with myself. Worst can antidote ever. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who's better, Bush or Kate Bush? Uh, wait, which one's the one who sang uh, the Melancholy Baby cover song for Godfather 2? <laughs> horrible. Dingus, was that horrible? Or did I imagine it? No, you're safe, Mr. Wand. I know like white meat.